You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ronanddon.com. All right, what is going on? He's Ron. I'm Don. It's the Ron and Don Radio Show, the Ron and Don Podcast. Everything Ron and Don at Ronanddon.com. And don't forget, Ron and Don are licensed brokers. We would love to be a part of the biggest transaction of your life. All you have to do is just write us. Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Ron Upshaw at Windermere.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Okay. Anyway, happy, happy day after Seafair. Holy moly. What an incredible <laughs> Seafair we had here in Seattle. And if you're listening to another part of the world, I know a lot of you are. Uh, Ron, how would you describe Seafair to uh, people that aren't here? Well, from, it's, from it's a multi-week festival, uh, and it culminates, though. I mean, there's a lot of little events, uh, little by Seattle standards, but in, in other cities, they would be the marquee events. So there's a lot of satellite events, maybe is a better way to describe it, all around the city. But then it culminates in the hydro races slash air show that happens on Lake Washington. And I, it's just hard to describe because if people have been boating and they're like, yeah, I know what boating is, you don't know what hydro Hydros are. Hydros are boats that will go in excess of 150 to 190 miles an hour, sometimes depending on the water conditions. There have been many fatalities over the years of people's boats that have flipped, uh, and you might see, just do a, a Google search or YouTube search on hydro wrecks, and you'll see boats that are flying through the air at over 100 miles an hour. Uh, they've built in a lot more safety features than they did in days of yore, but that's spectacular, and so you can go down to a park right on the water, walk through the pit, see the races there. There's beer gardens and food vendors and all that stuff and then uh, the city of Seattle, I don't know, maybe the military, they team up and they bring in the F-18 Hornets that do a spectacular air show. They're the, the marquee act. Yeah, the Blue uh, but Angels. You yeah. also have Fat Albert, which is a like a cargo plane that does uh, competition takeoffs and does uh, really acrobatic stuff over the lake. I've flown in that plane, and that's just an incredible experience. And uh, the air show that they do on a clear day, like it was yesterday, that you have to have a certain seal or floor uh, cloud floor is what they, I believe they call it, and I'm sure people will correct me if I'm wrong. But if the clouds fall be- below a certain altitude, then they have to do a modified show. And if the clouds are, are up high or if the clouds are non-existent, they can do their full show. Yesterday, not a cloud in the sky. The full show was on display, and it is a sight to behold. I was actually trapped just by happenstance on the I-90 bridge deck, yeah. and it was a parking lot. I, I was driving home. I had done an open house over in Bellevue for – uh, my friend Olivier, shout out to Olivier. And so I'm on the bridge deck, and then it just stops. Hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, I guess we're stopped here. That's a great then, view to oh, watch the man. Angels, though, it right? was It was absolutely stunning. I was actually really glad uh, that it stopped because uh, I, I'm right on the bridge deck. Yeah. And, it, and it feels like that plane was 30 feet above the bridge. I know it was probably 100, but it came over in just a split second and was, like, right on top of us. Deck. I was at a friend's house, and they have a deck where you walk right out onto the I-90 lid. I mean, you are right there. You look to the left, you see all the boats that are all lined up for seafare, and then, of course, on the right, uh, you see the hydro races that are happening, and, of course, they have the torchlight parade here, all that great stuff. And it's kind of interesting because my, my, my son and some of his friends, they figured out that there would be a lot of people that would be coming, walking down to Seafair, because sure. a lot of times you have to park and then you have to walk. And he was thinking, he's like, Daddy, wouldn't it be great if I uh, got out there and I sold people beer? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, 
<laughs> I like the I'm, way he thinks. I like you know what? You make a lot of money selling beer. Probably in New Orleans, you could get away with when we lived or in New daiquiris. Orleans. Daiquiris. A nine-year-old sitting on a corner selling beer. You could probably get away with that. Totally. So, anyway, we had a conversation about this, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know about beer. Could we think of something something else that people like to consume? CBD oil. Yeah, yeah. and he and his other <laughs> friends they came up with the idea. How about having a lemonade stand? Yeah. Along with the lemonade stand, maybe we could sell some bottled water, some homemade cookies, and all that stuff. And so I thought, you know what, that's a pretty good idea. So anyway, they got their lemonade stand going, and people were coming down in droves to How buy. How sales? Uh, on Saturday, sales were like $68. That's great when you're nine. On Sunday, I think they went way over $100. Incredible. Yeah, and so they had a great day of selling, selling lemonade, and then he— are we, are we splitting this three ways? Well, here's the thing. Then we get in the car, and I pick him up, and we're driving home, and I can just—because I have some pictures of him where he was—I he was, re- was really proud of him because he was, re- he was in the game. He was really outselling, has hat on backwards, and really outselling this stuff, selling lemonade. And by the way, he had decided, and his friends decided, that a portion of what they would raise, uh, some of that money would go towards Charlie's Dinosaur. Oh, awesome. Which is helping cops. That's help great. Kids. And they came up with that all on their own, which I thought was great, because uh, you hear him sometimes on the breaks between the segments, and he's talking about Charlie's Dinosaur, cops helping kids, buying backpacks as kids go back to school, kids that can't afford backpacks, and this is connected to uh, Ed Troyer and the Pierce County Sheriff's Department and Crime Stoppers and all that down there. So... Anyway, we get in the car, and I can tell he's 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 a little he's not crying or anything, uh, but he is kind of de- dejected. And so we have something where we where we play, uh, and it's the only time he gets to sit in the front seat of the car, and we're allowed to ask each other five questions, mm. and he can ask me five questions, and I ask him five questions. And so we start asking five questions, and he asked me if I had a crush on a certain girl, and I asked him if he had a crush on a certain girl. And same girl? You know what? Not the same girl. Okay, good. Uh, but now I know who his crush is, and he knows who we we he knows my crush. I nice. mean, we had it. We had uh, we had a conversation about this, so we were being vulnerable with each other. And then my last question was, why are you so upset? About the lemonade stand, because it seemed like when you're out there selling lemonade, you're having a great time, you're doing this for Charlie's Dinosaur. And he was like, you know what, Daddy? I didn't get my cut. And I said, you didn't what? He goes, I didn't get my cut. I didn't get my share of the profits. And I said, you didn't what? He goes, I didn't get my cut, my share of the profits. And I said, well. What kind of P&L uh, statement are we running here? Well, how much? How much is your share of the profits? I said, probably about $20, right? And he looked at me and goes, nope, $31.20. Uh-oh. It's my share of the profits. So I said, I tell you what I'll do is I'll go ahead and I'm going to front front you. And I just love that he knew it was for what and I didn't question it. Thirty-one twenty. He ran the numbers. Is what he who, came who up with. Who paid for inventory? What's that? Who I paid don't... for inventory on this deal? One of my friends did. So thirty-one twenty. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to front you the money because he had something that he really wanted to buy for a relative that's here right now that's visiting. And I said, but then you're going to have to go back and negotiate and make sure that you walk away with your part of the cut. So I love the fact that he said he didn't get his cut. I love it, too. (laughs) That's awesome. So anyway, I I hope everybody had a great seafair. It was one of the most spectacular weather type of seafarers I think that we've ever had. I was um, never happier 
to not be on a small boat on Lake Washington <laughs> than yesterday. Yeah, because those big it yachts. It was hot. They, you, they, you get rocked around. They were rocking, yeah, and yeah. I saw some people were like, can I go to the shore yeah, now? and if you had too much to drink and you start throwing up, uh, and there's no way to drop you off. And you right, you're out there. You're stuck out there in the middle of Lake yeah. Washington. So, anyway, yeah, great to have the Blue Angels here. Anyway, it's a Monday, and we're recording this on a Monday. We're running a little late, and one of the reasons why we're running late, because usually we drop this thing on Monday morning, uh, well... Ron could tell you when we get back because he uh, spent some time at a massage parlor and may or may not have just getting out of prison. Did you just get out of prison? We'll find out next. It's the Ron and Don Show only at ronanddon.com. You should buy a shirt. It's the Ron and Don Nation t-shirt. $5 goes toward helping kids. It's cops helping kids. Find out more at ronanddon.com. All right, it's the Ron and Don Show. Only at ronanddon.com. Thanks to the tens of thousands of people that are listening to the podcast. This is podcast number 10. We really appreciate you. And a lot of people ask us, uh, what happened to you guys used to be on the radio? That's uh, podcast number one. If you want to check that out, hit the subscribe button. Also, rate us, give us a star, a thumbs up, anything. Yeah, right. most of our actions come from the Apple Podcast player. So if you rate us, uh, give us a star rating on there, we'd really appreciate it. That helps the algorithm uh, get the show out. I need your help here, and this is legit. Yeah. So I'm a little bit freaked out about this. You you know there are two things about me, uh, especially if you listen to us for a long time. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's two. Th- there's two things. In the, I know a lot very, of You know a lot of things you. about me. There's only two things about you? But no, these are two things can that I, would be apparent. Can I guess them? Sure. Okay, let's see. You have soft hands. Okay, that's one thing. And your hands sweat a lot. All right. The, in addition to those two things, okay. you know that I, I, I enjoy some creature, creature comforts. Yes. And I'm very cheap. Like, yes. So those two things a lot of times do not go hand you in know, hand. You know what, though? You used to be cheap, and then, and then you disguised it. and You disguise it now as being frugal. But right. it's still cheap. You could, and you learned that from your mother, Alice. Of course. Your mother is cheap, but, but I've she disguises better. it as being frugal. I'm, I'm selectively cheap now. You know what, so though, I'll, when I go out to eat or something, I'll tip, and I, yeah. I will treat friends and that sort of thing. You're very kind to me. You're kind to my dog, Charlie. You're kind to my son. You're, you're, you, but you, I'm cheap in other things. You, you surely are, yes. So I've been, I've been wanting a massage. I'd, I'd, I've worked a bunch of days in a row. I was like, oh, this, this would be a nice stress reliever. You want a what? A massage. What do you need a massage for? Uh, it just felt like one. You have a real estate job. I know. All you do is ride around in a car and yeah, talk, talk on your cell phone. Yeah, that's all I'm you walk in and out of homes. You take your shoes on. You take your shoes off. Right. It's a very shoes, tough job. Shoes going on and off. Is that really yes, bothering it's you? Really been you giving putting me... up little signs at exactly. open houses. Okay. So I'm like, uh, I want to do the massage. I'm like, ah man, the a regular massage is like a hundred, hundred and ten bucks, and you got a tip on that. Yeah, what kind of massage are you wanting? And so well, here's the thing. So I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want the full massage. So a friend of mine was like, oh, if you tried reflexology, mm. and I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And they no. go. Well, reflexology, it's its almost as good as a regular massage, yeah. but it's half the price. And I'm like, really? Tell me more. And they go, well, you go in, and they do a couple of things that are not standard in the regular massage thing, but it's like 50 bucks. And I'm like, all right, I'll give this a try. So I find, uh, I do a little uh, Google search. I find a reflexology uh, down here in, in uh, Burien, White Center, West oh, Seattle no. area. And so I, I go in. So I go in, and uh, the guys uh, greets me at the front 
to the counter. Did you say grease me? Get greet. He greets oh, me. Greets you. Greets me. I'm he, like, uh, wow, they start greasing you at the front no. counter. You should probably get out he of there. He greets right? me. And I was like, yeah, I'd like to do. They have a little uh, leaderboard or a placard. You know, uh, 45 minutes is this much, uh, one hour, an hour and a half. There was like the little menu of services. Yeah. And I said, can I get the hour long massage? I think it was $50. I'm like, this is a great deal. It's half price. That is half price. Wow. And I'm, I'm getting almost the same thing. Like what, there, there's no downside here. So um, he says something yeah. in a different language, and a woman then walks out and basically escorts me into the back area. Okay. And so I go in there, and again, I, this is my first time okay. at reflexology. Yeah. And so, and I don't know, it's in like a strip mall, which there's been, I've been to like some other chain massage places that were in strip malls, so no big deal there. And so I go in the back. And normally you break off into rooms, right? Like every room has its own little table. I don't know. You go off into a room and no. then you get your massage. This thing, there's 10 low slung tables in a row, one room. Hmm. Everybody's in the same room. Yeah. So I'm sort of like, ah, this is a little weird. But I'm already back there. Yeah. She, uh, English is her second language as well, mm -hmm. and so she sort of emotions me to one of these tables that are like knee high. It looks sort of like a regular massage table. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? What the heck? I'm saving 50%. Uh, I really could use this. Then you looked around and you saw some people you know. You're like, hey, there's Patriot owner Robert Kraft over sure. there. What's this up, is the Bob? Yeah, this is the place. And so um, I, I lay down there, and um, so she tells me to take my shirt off. And there's a there's a a woman like two tables over, and she's in, in mid uh, reflexology. Right? What, what does that mean? I, is it, her shirt off too? Uh, she's got a towel on over the the top oh, part. Wow! So I take my shirt off. I'm like, what the heck? It's kind of dark back here. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Uh, and then they bring out this bucket of warm water and they put my feet in the bucket. That's something you don't have normally at a regular massage. Do, that's normally not happening. So the feet are soaking. Yeah. I'm now laying down. They put some, uh, like, towels over me. And so she starts to get to work. And I'm like, okay, well, this is like the foot soak thing. Mm. I can deal with that. You know, the fact that there's a person a couple feet away. I, I You know, I'm saving 50 bucks. Right. And this is half price. That's right. So now that some stuff's going on, uh, you know, kind of quasi-normal um, massage things. Then it takes a little bit of a left turn on me. And I'm wondering if I'm in a place and I'm in way over my head. Real quick, is your front door open? I don't know. I, I think I closed it. You did? Yeah, why? Well, because I'm wondering if Charlie's... No, Charlie's right down next oh, okay. to me. He's sleeping. Right. Charlie the dog. He's sleeping? Well, he's right down on the floor. Don't say anything. He's laying down. He's being good. Oh. He's not chewing the carpet. He's not uh, breaking anything. <laughs> wow. So uh, so then she, she starts doing some moves that I've never had done before in a massage. She grabs one of my arms... And pulls it straight up over my head mm. and then starts moving it around vigorously. What does that do? And at the same time, like, sort of slapping me. It's like, <laughs> quack, 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 quack. And I'm like, okay, this is new. This is different. Never had this before. <laughs> then she takes my foot out of the water bath, yeah. wipes that down, and starts doing the thing with my leg. Wow. Moving the leg around, yeah. smacking the back of my leg. There's some moves that I'm like, okay, I don't know, I don't know what this is. Yeah. So I'm still sort of going, okay, there's enough good stuff going on here that I feel like I'm still getting half price. Sure. So then, and I need to be interrupt me if this doesn't make sense, okay. and I'm trying to figure out what was going on. She now comes around. So my head is on the facing, my head's on the end of the bed. I'm closing my eyes. 
uh, because I'm trying to enjoy the massage. She does a little bit of like shoulder work, which is standard. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, and how do I explain it? So the thing, it's low slung. It's like a, a knee high situation. The, the, the table is not table height. It's like knee height. So now, and I, let me grab my phone because I wrote this down. I wanted to say it exactly as I heard it. And you tell me what's going on. Wow. Because I was like, this, I don't know if I understand this. She, I wasn't expecting, we weren't chit-chatty. English is her second language. This is my first reflexology. We're not chit-chatting. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I feel her face down by my ear. And I'm not going to try to to mimic the the accent because I don't know what the accent was. Very thick accent. So it's unclear what she said. She either said, you like hot candy. <laughs> or... It might have been. It might have been. You are hot candy. So it was either. It was either you like hot candy or you are hot candy. Oh man! And then it got weird. It did. Yeah. Do we have time to get into the yeah. weird part? Yeah. What happened? Okay. So now, she flips me over face down. Yeah. Uh, and she just had said you like hot candy. Mm. Now she gets, and again, people email me or let me know what's going on here because I may have been in a way over my head. She now puts one knee on either side of my head, on my ears. Wow. Left knee on one ear, right knee on the other ear. She is straddling my head. Whoa. And then she goes into like some back maneuvers that are a combination of vigorous rubs with the slaps. In the hot candy. In the hot candy. So, and this goes on for a while. Wow. I got the head straddle, back slap, hmm. and I'm like, am I, is she waiting for me to do something? I've never been in this position, literally or figuratively, before. I don't know so if So you is, think she's sending you a signal right. about some kind of sexual act, is what you're I'm thinking. going, is, is, am, I, do, am I supposed to know what the hot candy means yeah. in like this pose is a precursor to the hot candy? Or am I the hot candy? Yeah. And like this is standard issue. I, I'm very confused. Well, so I just froze. You should ask Robert Kraft to <laughs> Hey, Bob. Yeah. Am I the hot candy? Right, he's or is she the hot candy? He's been caught in a few of those. Uh, so I just kind of froze okay. because there have been some high profile hot candy situations that have happened in the Seattle area recently. There have been. And so I just, hands to the side, <laughs> no hot candy for me. I don't want any part of the hot candy. And so... Stay away from the hot candy. Eventually she... Do not touch the hot candy. Eventually she dismounted the table. Wow. And I put my shoes and socks back on and sure went out and paid and tipped and was like, other than that, yeah. it was about a half price massage. So I just... Oh. Please hit me on my Facebook or in the Anchor app. You can leave a voicemail. What is the hot candy? And and did I do anything illegal? Because I don't know. Did you enjoy getting slapped around? That part was a little weird. A little bit weird, I got to say. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Don's got mail. First class, sixth class, overnight. Mail. Oh, a lot of mail. Ron and Don's got mail. What's in the bag tonight? 
Facebook pages run upshaw Don O'Neill. You can write us too, Don O'Neill at Windermere.com. Run upshaw at Windermere.com. We're licensed agents. We'd love to be a part of your journey, your real estate journey. If you're thinking about buying, selling, thinking about flipping, if you're thinking about investing, if you're thinking about maybe buying a second property, Airbnb in that long term, short term rental, we can help you with that. So just uh, reach out. Everything's at Ron and Don. Uh, com. Anyway, th- I guess we got some voicemails. So. We do. You can do this on the Anchor FM app. So that's who hosts our podcast. You okay. go to Anchor FM, anchor.fm, yeah. and that's where you can leave these. So uh. this is the first one. Hey, guys. I'm wondering, does Charlie have anything there with him that he's allowed to chew on? Because we know he's going to chew. So does he have something that's permissible for him to chew on rather than chewing on Ron's furniture? Uh, that comes in from uh, Christina. Yeah. Actually, Ron's furniture isn't that nice. So when we come o- when we come over here, <laughs> Samantha, he's he's kind of allowed to chew on most of Ron's uh, furniture. The problem is is that he chewed on a big pen last week, and then we got ink in the floor, and then I tried to clean it up. It turned into a hot mess, and then we took about forty minutes trying to clean that up. We put him out in the garage. We're, we're getting he, conflicting cleaning. Then things. he peed I got, in the garage, and then on top of that, when Ron was backing out his truck, then he had pooped in the garage, and, and then the poop got out. all in the tires of Ron's truck. It's not a good scene. So we were spending time cleaning up poop and the other stuff and the ink and everything. So so a lot of people got mad at me, and they're like, "Hey, do you have something for Charlie to?" Chew. He did have something to chew. Yeah, he had something a- to a- chew. After the pen. Ron's Ron's table. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we've gotten a lot of tips, and I don't know which one we should go with. Some okay. people said you throw salt on it, which seems odd. And then other people say go buy the cheapest, like, Aquanet hairspray that you can find. Okay. And spray it with hairspray and then blot it out. I, I think we, we did get contacted by a flooring guy. Yeah. And I think I'm probably just going to have to replace the carpet. But I might try the, the hairspray thing because it is you still know it works really well pretty embedded. Because my stool's on top of it right now and you can't even see it. Yeah, just put something on top of yeah, it. Yeah, so as long as the stool's on top. Any, anyway, Charlie has lots of things to chew on, including uh, Ron's, Ron's table. Samantha so. figured out the voicemail thing. She left one more comment. Oh, she you. did. Okay. Yeah. All right. What else are we doing wrong? Samantha. Hey, Don. When you were on the radio, it made sense to say, if you're within the sound of our voice in the Pacific Northwest, but remember, you're on a podcast now. I could be listening to you from China. So that doesn't really make sense, but we love you anyway. Well, it kind of does because you're not in China right now. You're in Bellevue. We can tell where you are. So anyway, if you're within the sound of my voice and you want us to be a part of your biggest transaction, even if you're in China, if you got a hot piece of real estate in China, China to sell don't think thing. I won't sell China. <laughs> I will I will sell the... I, I'll sell the whole Pacific Rim. Yeah, why wouldn't we do that? So, do you, are you still doing shout outs to cities? Because I'm sort of like running the board no. and not paying. Well, like when we come out the top of the show, are you shouting out the gold? Bar? I haven't done that. No. You said, what about our friends in our Snohomies? We should probably do that. Yeah. So, do you want me to like hit you with the open and you can get some no. shout outs? No. I'm all right. We, yeah. we can, all right. Samantha, thanks for all the corrections. We appreciate you. Uh, what else are we doing wrong? Hey, you guys are like awesome. Oh. And. Um, one thing I've always was curious to know is when you were on the show, on the air, you had um, a firefighter that was sick. What, I mean, is he still with us? Because I, his story really touched me. You guys are, like I said, you're awesome. You rock. That's from Tony. All right, Tony. Thanks for that. Yes, the gentleman that you're talking about is Jim Brown, and he's actually a lieutenant. Uh down at the Olympia Fire Department, 
and he is still with us. Uh, he has cancer, lung cancer, and I met him through the Cancer Carolines doing commercials, and what had happened is I was sitting in the studio one day recording a commercial, and I like to know who I'm recording the commercial with, and I heard Jim's voice that he'd already pre-recorded. And when I heard him and I heard his story, I'm like, I have to meet him. So I went down to Olympia. I went to his fire station. He ended up coming on a trip with myself and a bunch of my friends. So we went over to Hawaii. Jim was this great cyclist, so he went cycling with us. And he would work so hard to climb these volcanoes. And then we would get to the top. A couple times we threw him in the truck and we took him to the top. Well, he was climbing the volcano. He had Currently, he had cancer when he was doing the climb. Yeah, he, right? had, he had lung cancer, stage four lung cancer. And then we could see what a great athlete he was because then he would steer the bike down the volcano and he was just fearless. Uh, since that time, if you follow him on Facebook or Instagram, Jim Brown, uh, you'll see him heliskiing. He, he was heliskiing just months ago. And the cancer now, last time we were at Cancer Caroli- Carolines, metastasized and it's now in his brain. Mm. Uh, But you would not know that in the way that he lives his life, in the way that he and Regina are just lighthouses to the world. He and his uh, three beautiful daughters. Uh, He sent me this message last Wednesday, and it's a message from the Honey Badger. Okay. And it's the Honey Badger, and Jim writes me, Jim Brown, again, stage four cancer, and he is still out just loving and living his life. He said, hey, Don, don't forget, Honey Badger doesn't give an F that it's Wednesday, you better get out and crush it. And so I wrote him something back. And then he wrote me back the next day, and he said, Hey, Don, you know, some days it's hard to find motivation, but someday motivation finds you. He said, Don, go out and kick some hat today. And I wrote him back, and I said, Jim, you go out and you hat. You kick it harder. So anyway. He is so delightful, just so amazing. And the way that he has stared death in the face, and he stared cancer in the face, and just said, you know what? I am going to live my life today, and I'm not going to let cancer have its way with me. And he celebrates so much love in life with his family. And he said, What and does he, he have said, tattooed on his knuckles? Because he actually inspired me when he, he showed me that. He got tattoos across both, all eight fingers that show forward. Yeah, right? it's from his father, and it says, Hold fast on there. And when you're in the Navy and you're holding the line, you hold fast to that line. And if you let that line go, uh, sometimes another brother down the line could be hurt as a result of that. So no, no matter how hard it gets, you hold fast that line. Same with firefighters when you're on the line. And you're holding that line. You may not be on the trigger of the hose, but you're holding the line. You hold fast to it because you know with all that pressure and power, if a fire were to come and a backdraft were to come, you'd let that hose go. Then the guy who's on the nozzle, he could end up losing his life as a result of that. So no matter what happens, you have his back. You stand there and you hold that line. So that's what he remembers each and every day when he wakes up. He's like, you know what? Today, I just have to hold fast and I just have to hold the line. Anyway, Jim Brown, we love you. Follow him on Instagram. And uh, thanks for those voicemails. We really appreciate you guys. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. Okay, how much do I have to pay you for this? One (laughs) dollar. 
Don, you found uh, this article. It's Ron and Don's uh, five things. One of the things we wanted to uh, talk about uh, this afternoon is the fact that we know we have an epidemic when it comes to obesity in this country. We also know, in fact, we told you this story last week, that there's so many more Americans now specifically that have decided that they're going to donate their organs. But sometimes those or- organs are undonatable, if that's actually a word. And the reason they're undonatable is because there's so much fatty tissue that's packed into those organs. And when they go to transplant those organs, a lot of times they can't do it because it's not a healthy heart. It's not a healthy liver. It's not a healthy lung. They can't do it. They can't make that happen because there's just this incredible obesity problem. Ron, you looked at, you're looking at an article, and it says that evidently Americans... And a lot of us aren't getting the message that we're supposed to exercise more and we're supposed to sit a lot less. I notice this, though, when I walk into, uh, and specifically, radio studios around the country. A lot of our colleagues over the years used to sit and perform their shows. You see a lot of them now stand. And then also you see in a lot of cubicles now where companies have come in, they said, you know what? If you want to stand and you want to work each and every day, then we will, we will go out. We will spend the money. And we will provide a standing cubicle for you versus a sitting cubicle. Here's the thing, though. And a I, lot I, of times you go to standing cubicles and people lower them and they're sitting anyway. Right. <laughs> I kind of want to call BS on this article because the article is saying, in essence, that it's a messaging problem. That the the message isn't getting out clear enough uh, for Americans and that they say you should exercise 150 minutes per week uh, or 75 minutes if you do vigorous exercise per week and that it's a messaging issue. And I don't I don't believe that. I don't think that there is an American right now uh, that unless you have some sort of learning disability or mental illness. I you you can't especially in Seattle that doesn't know that you're supposed to exercise. I, I don't think it's a messaging issue. I think it's a uh, a habit issue or it's some sort of a mental block that's going on. And and you actually turned me on to a book called Atomic Habits uh, that I, I've read most of it. James Clear. Yeah. One of the things he talks about, which is really interesting, and it's it's actually beginning to work with me, is he calls it habit stacking, where pick something that you know you're going to do. And then you attach something that you want to do to that thing. So for me, every day I get a cup of coffee in the morning. Hell or high water, I'm going to get a cup of coffee in the morning. That's something that I I like, I enjoy. The morning ritual of getting a hot cup of coffee and drinking that is just something that that I love and it's part of my lifestyle. I don't even think about it. It's just it's an automatic deal. And so what I've done is I've attached a 10-minute mindfulness to the cup of coffee. So before I allow myself a cup of coffee, I sit down with my app from Sam Harris. I do my 10-minute deal. Uh, it's, it's very early in the morning now. I do my 10-minute mindfulness. And then when I'm done with that, I know it's coffee time. So then I can go and I get my cup of coffee. And so no, now those two habits are stacked together. And so now I'm trying to stack a third habit onto that. So now when I finish, when I get my cup of coffee... Uh, I've done the mindfulness, get the coffee. Now I do some kind of movement. It's either uh, light calisthenics. I'll do some yoga. Right now I I have a bit of a shoulder injury, so I'm doing – there's a routine that the doctor gave me. I saw your ballet slippers. To do my ballet stuff, uh, to do the shoulder. So now I'm trying to stack a third habit into this habit stack. And so it doesn't there, – there's a, there's a rumor or an urban legend that it takes 21 days to establish a habit. That's BS. It actually takes much longer than that. But after – it's either like 
70 days or 90 days. About 66 it, days, yeah. That the, the habit starts to become ingrained. Mm-hmm. And so now, and that one's not cemented yet. Uh, the first two pretty much are. The cup of coffee and the 10-minute mindfulness are pretty much cemented for me. And now I'm, I'm, I'm stacking that third part, which is some sort of, and it's not st- extravagant exercise, but it's just I'm going to start my day with some sort of movement, so, even if it's just some push-ups and stretching or whatever. I'm doing something for, for 10 minutes or so. And that's what I think is missing in this study. It's not that people don't get the message. They get the message. They're just not doing it. Yeah. And what you have to think about is when you stack different habits that you may feel aren't healthy for you. So let's say, you decide you're not going to drink and drive anymore. That's that's you. You've looked at that and you see socially yeah, negative stacking. Yeah. So 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 so. But you look at it and you're like, okay. On my way home from work, I stop by a pub, and when I stop by a pub, I have just a beer. But then when I have a beer, usually I have two beers. And when I have two beers, I usually don't smoke. But I smoke when I drink. So now I'm drinking and now I'm smoking. Now I'm drinking and I'm smoking and my inhibitions are down a little bit. And you know what? I can get in that car because I've only had two beers. And you end up drinking and driving. And then you wake up the next day and you feel like hell. And you're like, wow, I drank those beers. Maybe I ate some fried food with it. So you stack the beer with the fried food, with maybe the cigarettes, and then with the chance you took – when you jumped in your car and you were drinking and driving, there's a bunch of habits that when you unstack those, you if, if you decide you're not going to drink and drive, then you have to take all the things that are connected to that and decide how you're going to do it. It's with hard, that. though, because if you associate taking an edge off with the alcohol, yeah. uh, the ritual of the alcohol and the physical attributes of the alcohol does take the edge off quote unquote or it can take an edge off and so you have to think well how do i how can i take the edge off without doing this thing that i've always done and then and then the other thing that you have to decide is now you have this space in your life so let's say that you are used to driving home and a couple days a week you stop by the pub and you have a couple beers and along with that you have some fried food and then you smoke and then you drink and drive and then you go home and maybe you get in a fight with your partner as a result of that because you weren't going to do that anymore well now you're driving home and you're like what am I going to do? I'm driving home. I'm not stopping by the pub, which means I'm not drinking, which means I'm not smoking, which means I'm not eating fried food, which means I'm not going to drink and drive, and then it means I'm not going to go home and get a fight with my partner. Now you have the opportunity to bring in another habit and stack something right there. So you know what? Instead, what I'm going to do is on the way home, maybe what I'll do is I'll pick up the dog. And when I pick up the dog, I usually like to go for a walk. And when I pick up the dog and go for a walk, usually I, like, podcast. usually I like to invite my wife to come along, which is good for your partnership or your husband, whatever it is. So now the dog is walking, you're walking, you're walking with your wife, and you know what? We usually stop. And then we have a smoke, we have a couple beers, we have some fried food, <laughs> we jump in the car, we drive home, we get in a fight. See, it doesn't work that way either. It's the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network, y'all. My dad is back. Like it or not, you're listening to The Ron and Don Show. You can find the guys at ronanddon.com. Parts of the uh, Ron and Don Radio Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Don't forget, Ron and Don are licensed brokers. We're partnered with Windermere. We have a great real estate business, and we'll talk all the things real estate at ronanddon.com. Click on the microphone, everything about the radio show, and then click on just the pictures of Ron and Don, and you can learn more about us. You can write Ron, ronupshotwindermere.com, donaldneal at windermere.com, 
And if you need some just some advice on your life's biggest transaction, we'd love uh, to be a part of that. So along with buying and selling real estate, helping people do that, I do some of that myself. And in fact, uh, I just bought a home with a partner of mine up near the University of Washington. And what we like to do, because I'm not a, I am not a, in fact, I think, Ron, you're probably a better carpenter than, than I am. I am not a good carpenter. I, I am just not. But I love to tear apart homes. Oh, yeah. And one of the reasons I love to tear apart homes is because you stay in great shape. I mean, right now, I'm just about 200 pounds. And this is kind of the weight that I like to be when I was, when I was drinking, not eating right. A year and a half ago, I was around 235, 237, somewhere in there. So when I went on a plant-based diet and I cut out alcohol and I started trail running, taking my fitness outdoors, not lifting a lot of bigger weights but smaller weights, it kind of transformed that. And so now we were just talking about habit stacking. Instead of going to a gym and lift weights, I will go and I'll put on a helmet and I'll put on a face mask and I put on some goggles and uh, I throw a couple – Hang on, I just got unplugged because I was talking with my... I never talk with my hands, do no, I? No, you don't. Yeah, I just unplug myself. And then uh, I go ahead and I plug up my ears so you can't hear me. And then... Uh, I no, use, we can hear you. You can't hear me. Yeah. So then I usually get out a bunch of gear, uh, which is usually a Sawzall. And then I also have a big crowbar and a small crowbar. And then I have a couple hammers. And I have some big hammers. You saw my big hammers. And then I like to just... I Like over the weekend, I took out a kitchen. I took out a bathroom. I took out a couple living rooms, and I just got after it. Uh, the reason I like doing that, number one, because it keeps you in great shape. Number two, you learn a lot about houses and homes when you take the time to take them apart. So that, to me, is kind of fascinating since we are in the real estate business now, too. And then the other thing that you do is you build value. So if you buy a home and you're looking at this home and you're like, yeah, I'm not a carpenter, but what could I do to add value to the house that I'm buying to make it worth more. And if you think about demo, anyone can do demo. And there's specific things you have to be careful about, especially when it comes to electricity. You don't want to kill yourself or somebody else. You have Killing to make yourself sure is bad. that you have I'm going to sign off on you don't want to kill yourself. <laughs> you don't want to kill yourself. So you want to be careful with those types of things. Uh, and you can do, all of us can do yard work, right? So even though you may not be a licensed electrician or a plumber, the bottom line is that you can learn to remove a toilet. You can remove a mirror. You can remove a sink. I removed a bathtub yesterday. I took out, as I was saying, a whole entire kitchen. I have a little dump truck that I just dumped a bunch of stuff at the dump. You do those dump runs, those types of things, you can add a lot of value. So answer this question to me because I, I did a, a, one of my uh, columns on a similar thing about investing for your children maybe and, and thinking about real estate. And I got a couple of comments were like, yeah, right, Ron, it's too expensive to do the thing that you're talking about and to do the thing that Don's talking about, I'm a fill-in-the-blank for profession. Uh, I'm a fill-in-the-blank. I, I can barely afford to live in my own house, let alone buy another property in Seattle or in the Puget Sound area. What do you say to that mentality or to that person that is thinking in that way? You know what I would do? There's a good book out there that'll kind of get you started. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Just read that it's book. It's been around for a while. It's a great book. Read that book, and I think it'll open your mind It'll make you look at real estate differently, right? Because it's what this it is expensive. Well, not always. And what this person is talking about is they're saying, you know what? I don't have any leverage to get in the game. And you actually have more leverage than you think you do. You don't realize the leverage. And people always think, well, it's my bank account. How much money I have in the bank 
is the leverage that I can provide in a real estate transaction, and that's not true. If you're somebody out there that's a hustler, if you're somebody out there that can that is willing to go out not in a bad way, a hustler, you hustle. If you're willing to do what I do, throw on a helmet, throw on some gear, get in and demo. There are people out there that have money, but they don't have the time. And they will partner with you. There are meetups that go on all around the Puget Sound area that are looking for people that are a hustler, that will work hard, will come in. And so, for instance, let's say that you are stuck in a dead-end job, but you're like, you know what? I get off at 5 o'clock, and I could go somewhere and work 5 to 8 on a project, and I could show up on the weekends, and I could help landscape. I could do that. I could add some sweat equity. There, again, there's all types of meetups that are going on where people are looking for someone like you, and they have the money. It's called hard money. They have the hard money. You just need to bring the juice, and you need to bring the hustle. Now, if you're looking for some of those meetups, there's another great podcast, and it actually originated out of Denver and Seattle, and now it originates out of Denver and Hawaii. It's called Bigger Pockets. Check out Bigger Pockets. It's a lot of young men and women in their 20s and 30s. They've read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then they've gone out and they've learned. Are you going to be a buy and hold real estate type person? Are you going to be somebody that wants to do long and short term rentals? Are you going to be somebody that wants to buy a property and flip that property? Listen to Bigger Pockets. They have about 340 podcasts that are out right now, and they interview people not just here in Seattle, but all around the country that are doing this. And a lot of people were in the same predicament where they said, you know what? I have the hustle. I have the energy. I have a little bit of knowledge, not a lot. I'm not a carpenter. I'm not licensed in anything, but I'm willing to do it. You'll find out in bigger pockets and especially in their forum where there's some meetups that are going on. And you went to a meetup, didn't you? Well, I went to a meetup. That's also why I went out there. I put a picture of you and I. I went and helped to do some demo at your guys' property. Yeah, thank you for that, by the and way. And I, I did that because I wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to, like, you guys are doing stuff that I eventually want to do. Yeah. And you and your partner, I, there's nothing really that I can add to you guys uh, in terms of like, oh, here's a dollar or here, like, you guys have it squared away on this house but what i can add is to say hey let me come in and help do some demo you were and, great. and i'm gonna learn something yeah, and, and i did that. learn something and yeah. so what'd you learn that's well I, I learned a lot about the electricity like you were saying and how to reimagine spaces because i saw that place a couple months ago you walked me through there and i was like huh how's this gonna work uh, because the floor plan, like it was, it's, a, it's an older house, but in a great neighborhood. And I was like, how are they going to, how are you going to pull this one off? And then once I saw the walls coming down and how you guys imagine the space, I was like, oh, okay, well, this is going to be a completely different place than the first day you brought me in here. And to listen to how it's going to then work a little, like it didn't go into the, uh, the, the minutia on the financial side, but like, okay, I can see how the way you're going to configure this, the finances are going to be different. So just listening to that stuff, going through the process of uh, being there and, and, and lending a hand, I think that was a value to both of you guys. It's like, okay, there's one less thing that we have to do on this because Ron is over here and, he, and he's working. So like that's, I think, to your point of, of going, hey, you may not have tons of money, but if you have time and energy and tools or abilities, carpentry, whatever, landscaping, you can add value to someone else who doesn't have yeah. the time. And the thing is, I found that deal. And the way I found that deal is by knowing other agents. And the agent came to me and said, hey, I know this property. And the women that live there, they are hoarders. And they have a lot of shame about hoarding. And I went over and I met them. And I won't tell you their names or where this property is. And we ended up having a conversation. And I said, what do you need help with? And we talked about how we could help them. And then what was really important to them, because they lived at this property since 1978, 
They did not want the house to be torn down. And I had to let them know, we are not tearing down your house. We are going to come in here, and we are going to make this the most beautiful, incredible house you've ever seen. And then we're, what we're going to do is we're going to help young people that are going to the University of Washington that are getting a college education, they're going to come and live in this house. So that's why we've created this space in this house, and that's who we see living in that house. So anyway, it's been a lot of hard work, but every once in a while I get to send her a picture through an agent that I know, and she is thrilled to know that we were there and restoring her house and also that we made it okay for her not to be embarrassed about all the things that she had in her house and we worked through a process of getting those things out and now restoring this home so some students can live in it and it's going to be a really great property anyway thanks for coming out yeah you were, it was fun you were i i pulled i pulled a ceiling down and all that old insulation oh, no, that was nasty from the 50s which just fell on me and i was like and it was hot and sweaty I, oh <laughs> and i was agitated and you were there to help clean up so thanks for doing that you bet i appreciate it anyway if people want to reach out to you ron how can they do that yeah ron at windermere.com my website uh, ronupshaw.com uh, i write some uh, new columns on real estate you can find that there you can sign up for our newsletter the ron and don newsletter at uh, ronanddon.com just click on the microphone and uh, you can get don at don o'neill yeah. that's o apostrophe e-n-i-l you think about a list in your house or you don't know the value of your property uh just don't don't forget i own a property right now where redfin says that the house that I own is worth, in fact, I looked at it today, is worth $985,000, is what Redfin says. The bank says that the house is worth $1.9 million. So Redfin is a little off on that. The Zestimate on the house is $1.1 million. So Redfin is under a million. The Zestimate is $1.1. And the bank, who has the final say, who would loan on a home like that, says it's almost a $2 million profit. So don't forget, Redfin, Zestimate, you could leave a lot of money on the table because that is just an algorithm. Also, we know of a lot of great deals that are happening throughout the city that don't show up on Redfin and other places. And we'd love to share those with you. Reach out to us, ronanddon.com. And don't forget, we show up every Monday right here on this radio dial. Sorry we're a little late today. We're going to still drop it on a Monday? I'm uh, working on it right right now. We're going to drop it on a Monday. Hope you had a great seafair from Ron, myself, my little boy, and Charlie. You have a great week. We'll see you next week on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don. (laughs) You good? Yeah. Let's keep going.